Bibles, please, for our second reading to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 15 and verse 1. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he is become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war, the Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright as in heap. And the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord? Among the gods, who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestina. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm they shall be still as a stone. Till thy people pass over, O Lord. Till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. Thou shalt bring them in. And plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land. In the midst of the sea. And Miriam the prophetess and the the sister of Aaron took a timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. 
So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which, when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have put upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elim, and there were twelve wells of water, and threescore and ten palm trees, and they camped there by the waters. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. Well, Pastor, Pastor Todd is torn as to how, to how to approach this passage. Do I talk about it from the standpoint of, of the understanding of why we sing what we sing in our worship? Or do we take apart uh, this verse by verse and, and get an understanding? I think maybe just a little bit of both is in order. So let us remember, first of all, that there are those who will, who will say, you exclusive psalmody folks, you're, you're, you're in error. Here is an obvious song, not in the Psalter, that the people of God should be singing in their worship. We answer such an objection by saying this, that God has put a book in the middle of our Bibles and he's called that Sefer Tehillim, the book of praises. And in that book, he has given us, may I say it this way, everything and more that we find here in Exodus chapter 15. In fact, If we want to sing all of those propositions that Exodus chapter 15 sets before us that are given in praise to God, we will find all of them in the Psalter. Exodus 15 becomes superfluous when the Psalter is closed uh, by Ezra in, uh, you know, after the, uh, or after or during the restoration when the Psalter takes its final form in its five books. I will also say this, that there is not one scintilla, not one scintilla of biblical authorization that this song was ever sung historically or preceptively by the people of God in their worship service. In fact, there is not even one instance of worship song being sung by the people of God in their worship services, either in the synagogues or in the temple before the days of David. What is this then? Is this a worship song? Is this the church gathering for worship and singing? And the answer to that question is no. And we can be certain of that. We can be certain of it Because if it was a worship service, Miriam would not have gone out with the other ladies in the congregation and sung back and forth with the men of the congregation in that type of antiphonal uh, movement with timbrels in their hands. 
Whenever women take up timbrels in scripture and begin singing, that is obviously a civil celebration. The people of Egypt, the armies of Egypt, had washed up dead on the seashore of the Red Sea. The nation of Israel had been politically delivered from the nation of Egypt. They were no longer slaves. They were going forth to begin their career as an independent nation, no longer under slavery. The Lord had fought for them and defeated the army of Pharaoh, just like the Lord fought for David and defeated the giant Philistine Goliath. And so when David came back to Jerusalem, the ladies came out with timbrels and they said, Saul has slain his thousands, David his ten thousands. This is a civil celebration. It's not ever meant to be sung in the worship of God. It is a spontaneous celebration that rose up from the people of God as a nation where they thanked their God for delivering them. Remember that our women should keep silent in the worship service. Ladies, this is the prescription from the Lord. You know that. And so it would have been untoward for Miriam, although a prophetess, when there were those other men present to take the lead in any form of worship in that day. So with that, with that said, I would challenge any of you that would, uh, would want to include Moses in our singing simply to turn to Psalm 90. Because that's the prayer of Moses, the man of God. We can sing Moses. That song that the Lord gave, indicted, through Moses, is included in the Psalter, in the book of praises, for us to sing. And these other things that Moses and others penned in that day, that Moses wrote down here, and that Miriam sung, these things have found their way into the Psalter by the Spirit of God. And when we sing them out of the Psalter, we sing with confidence of acceptance. With that then, let's look at a few, just a few, of the things that are said that we will, we will um, understand even from the Psalter. Notice, the Lord has triumphed. Well, we read not only about the Lord's triumph over the Egyptians, and we sing of that in the Psalter, but we also sing of God's triumph over all of our enemies from the Psalter, don't we? We hear about the, that the Lord is my strength and my song, and he is... Become my salvation. We see that also in the Psalter. This is, a, this is a phrase somewhat common in the Psalter. That the Lord is our salvation. In fact the word salvation comes from that same word. Uh, Yehoshua. Uh, by which Jesus himself was named. And so whenever we sing about the salvation of God. We are singing about the Jesus of God. Aren't we? We are. He is my God and he is my father's God. Of course we sing that when we sing the Psalter. I will prepare him and habitation. David and his afflictions all. Right? You, you remember that psalm? That psalm about David building a habitation for God. And his desire for his son Solomon. That he should build that habitation for him. The Lord is a man of war. Oh, well, hold on just a minute. I thought he was a God of love. Well, we sing of both in the Psalter. We hear of God's love for his people and his triumph over his enemies. That God is a God that goes to war and protects his people and rises up faithfully 
against his and their enemies. And they are defeated. They sink as a stone. The enemy is consumed in his presence. The Lord's right hand is mighty in power. The enemy made his plan, but the Lord executed his. They devise evil devices against me. But the Lord has decreed that the pit that they have digged, they should fall into it themselves. These are wonderful and encouraging things that, beloved, we don't need to sing Exodus 15 to sing to God because we have them codified for us in the hymn book that God has given to us. With that then, after we close that wonderful time of civil celebration, and we have no, tr- no difficulty saying that that was a civil celebration of the nation under their God. Would that our nation would rise up in such a way. One of the things we will hopefully be praying for this week. All right, so now we come to verse 23. Uh, sorry, verse 22 first. He brought Israel from the Red Sea after their celebration. They went out into the wilderness of Shur that three days, like it was said to Pharaoh, that they might worship the Lord. And they get there, and they come to a place where there is bitter water. Marah. You remember Naomi. Naomi means pleasant. She says, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Marah. Call me bitter. Well, that's quite an admission on her part, isn't it? But notice the people murmured against Moses and saying, what shall we drink? In the next chapter, Lord willing, if the Lord sustains us through this afternoon, we will hear Moses tell the people, you think you're murmuring against me. Who are Moses and Aaron that you should murmur against them? You're murmuring against God. Beloved, every complaint that exits our lips is truly against God, is it not? It truly is. Let us be careful of the wicked sin of murmuring. The Lord will raise that up at Kadesh Barnea, will he not? They have murmured against me these ten times. Right? It's been a year. So at least, so very nearly once a month, if not more than that, the people found occasion to murmur against God's providence. So then notice, Moses cried unto the Lord and the Lord gave them a miraculous cure for those waters. He chucked a tree into the water and then the waters became uh, sweet rather than bitter. The Lord provided for even his murmuring people. Notice how condescending and careful the Lord is here at this beginning of their sorrows. The people are without water. I will give them water. Later on he will cause water to flow out of a stone, out of a rock. Now here the waters are sweet. And then notice also what he does. He encourages them with an oath. There he proved them. He made for them an ordinance, a statute, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. One thing 
somewhat startling. Statutes and commandments before Sinai? That's right. Statutes and commandments before Sinai. Remember that Abraham was said to keep God's statutes, commandments, judgments. Here as well. And so then notice what the Lord does for them beyond that. This is that that. This is in that time that he will describe in Hosea. In that time when thou wentest after me in the wilderness. This is that honeymoon time. This time of God's great tenderness to the people. And what happens here? What does he do? He not only sweetens the waters of Marah. He sets before them these statutes and says, Follow after me and my, my promise to you is you will not be treated like the Egyptians were. As I protected you in Goshen, so will I keep... All of you free from the disease and plague of Egypt. And so then he brings them to Elim. And he gives them 12 springs of water. One for each tribe. 12 springs of water that they might gather without any cause of of being tempted to murmur against him. He's encouraging them. He's drawing them to himself. He's showing them his goodness. Beloved. Behold the goodness of God in Exodus 15 toward the end here. God had just done something miraculous with water. He caused it to stand up like a heap. And it was over water that they complained. Can you really do what you want with water here? This is bitter. Right? And he called it bitter. But he heals the water. And then he causes 12 springs to flow. It was a land of, of wells of water and three score and ten palm trees. Twelve and seventy. You see what he's doing here. He's using these numbers to encourage the people. They already knew that 70 was this number of leadership. And the leadership was going to provide for them. And that God in 12 wells of water was going to provide for them water. One tribe. One well. For them all. And so the Lord is condescending to them even in the midst of their murmurings. Beloved, let us not be like those children of Israel, like the Apostle Paul will tell the Corinthians, neither murmur ye as they murmured. We get to chapter 16, what do we find? More murmuring. All right, with that then, let's stand.